Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. Welcome back to our online weekend service. I'm so excited because December starts next week and this means Christmas is coming. This year has been an extraordinary year, a very difficult one. Globally, the COVID-19 virus has killed 1.4 million people. This pandemic has disrupted so much of our lives, careers, and ministries. The lockdown and social distancing have caused many to feel depressed, disconnected, and lonely. Being at home all the time has also caused a lot of conflicts within many families. For some, the home has become a war zone. Needless to say, businesses have been severely affected, and many have lost their jobs or suffered pay cuts. We are worried and anxious about our future because we don't know how to make ends meet. As a result of all these, there is now a pandemic within this pandemic. Many are addicted to online vices like gambling and pornography. Others have gone back to smoking and drinking and other substance abuses. But during this season, Let's not focus on the ghoulishness of Halloween in October or the shopping stress of Thanksgiving in November or the financial burden of the upcoming Chinese New Year next February. From this weekend, we are entering into the most beautiful time and hopeful period of the year. We are coming into Christmas. Christmas is not about Santa Claus or Frosty the Snowman or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Christmas is all about God sending His Son during the darkest hour of the year to light up our world. In the days of Isaiah the prophet, darkness and discouragement was everywhere. Israel would fall into the hands of the Assyrians and Judah would soon be destroyed by the Babylonians. Life as they knew it really sucked. People were dying, properties were destroyed, chaos was everywhere and there seemed to be no future. In the midst of all the doom and gloom, God gave Isaiah a word to encourage the people. Isaiah prophesies, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And for the last 2,000 years, every year ends with hope because of Christmas. Because no matter what you're going through, the good news never changes. God wants you to know that no matter what has happened and how tough life has been, you can end the year with hope. Always with hope. Next year will always be better greater and brighter because of Jesus. Christmas or Christmas means the celebration of Christ. We can celebrate Jesus because He's the light of the world. Recently, Son and I are restarting the Gospel of John for our daily devotion. And it's such a beautiful book. It explains why God sent His only begotten Son to us. Now, the Gospel of John it's the last of the four Gospels. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, Mark limits his story of Jesus 
to only his three and a half year earthly ministry, just those three and a half years. Matthew said, okay, I'm going to go further back. I'm going to begin with his birth and include his ancestors. So he went all the way back to Abraham, the father of the Jewish race. Luke said, all right, I'm going to go even further back, all the way to Adam. So one traces Jesus to the start of his ministry, another to Abraham, and another to Adam. John then came along, already 80 to 81 years old, having known Jesus for over 60 years, and he wanted to show Jesus as the Son of God. So he said, okay, I'm going to go back further than all the other three and even further than Adam. I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of time. Now, the first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So taking that as his cue, John starts with, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1 verse 1. He wanted us to know three things about Jesus. First of all, He's eternal. Even before the creation of the heavens and the earth, before any angel or dinosaur or human was made, He already existed. The universe is about 13.7 billion years old. Scientists say that before that, there was nothingness. Yet in that nothingness, Jesus was already there. So he was not just a great teacher or philosopher or moralist or a wonderful human being. No, he is the eternal Son of God who has no beginning or ending. So he was already there before time began. Secondly, he was with God. That means Jesus Christ is a real person. The word translated with literally means face-to-face, -face, talking to, looking at, like two very good friends in close fellowship. Jesus Christ was face-to-face -face with God. So He is a real person. We all say that God is love, but He can't be love if He's all alone in eternity, if there is no one else for Him to relate to, to meet with, or to talk face to face. How can there be love without any communication, right? But even before time began, before the first atom was formed, there was already a loving relationship between God the Father and His Son. So first of all, He's eternal. Secondly, He's a real person. Now thirdly, He is God. Jesus isn't just a bit like God or is full of God. No, He is God. John establishes the deity of Christ. Jesus is almighty. He's ever-present. He's all-knowing and He's unchanging. He is God. These three things of verse 1 is the foundation of Christianity. If we leave any one of them out, our faith collapses. If Jesus is not eternal, then He can't give us everlasting life. If He's not a real person, then He can't be your Saviour and your friend. 
if Jesus is not God, then He can't forgive our sins because only God can forgive sins. It is because of these three things, Jesus' eternity, His personality, and His deity, that He can do for us what no other person can possibly do. Now, why does John call Jesus the Word? Why doesn't he just simply start his gospel by saying, in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God? I mean, why must he start with something so cryptic? I mean, it's quite cryptic, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. <laughs> now, John writes it like this, intentionally, on purpose, because the name Jesus was only given to him on that first Christmas night when he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. The Son of God never had this name before. It was a human name to describe what he had come to earth to do. Jesus or Yeshua means Yahweh saves. So the Son of God adopted a brand new name to describe what He has come to do to save us from the guttermost to the uttermost. Now, John is the only apostle in the New Testament to ever call Jesus the Word. You know that? No one else did that. Only John called Jesus the Word. And there is a very good reason for it. John doesn't use the name Jesus until much later in chapter 1 because he wants to give Jesus a title that will describe exactly what he has always been before he came to earth. So there are two reasons why John calls Jesus the Word, a simple one and a complex one. First, let me give you the simple one. A word expresses the thoughts of a person. For example, when you say, excuse me, can I have a word with you? You are wanting to share your thoughts. And once a word is being received, it enters into someone else, into his or her mind, into his or her heart. You say something to me, expressing your thought, and once I receive it, your thoughts have entered straight into my mind and into my heart. A word is powerful in this sense that it can lift you up or weigh you down. And Jesus, the Word, came to reveal to us who God really is. That God has always been a loving Father and will always be. If He didn't come at all, we will never know that His goal is to adopt us to become a part of His family so that we can all be children of God. To be adopted is the highest privilege of the gospel. And as many as receive this word, accept this word, believe in this word, to them he gave the right to become children of God. John 1 and verse 12. The second reason is a little bit more complex. The word in Greek is logos, where we get the word logic or reason or meaning. So Jesus is the logic of life. Without Him, this life has no meaning. Nothing in it makes any sense. 
we will merely be existing in a fallen, messed up world, toiling for 80, 90 years to gain what? Fame, wealth, fortune that we can't even take with us when we die. So we love and are being loved by people whom we have to forever part with in death. So we look at the world, we look at life and we begin to wonder, is there any meaning to it? Is there any purpose? Or is it all just senseless chaos? Or as we would say in Hokkien, wow, chinluan, chinluan. You know, chen Is there any logic or logos to life? Friends, there is. In Jesus, we find the logic, the reason, the meaning of life. The secret of the universe is not rooted in physics or mathematics or quantum theory. It is found in a person. He is the one who created everything and holds everything together. He is the reason and the meaning of it all. So the Christmas season is always full of hope because it reminds us again and again of a wonderful Creator who has made us to love us. It reminds you and I of a Heavenly Father who wants a deep relationship with us, to bless us with all the heavenly things from above and to make life meaningful and worth living. So He sent Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life, to reconcile us back to Him, John 14 verse 6, that we can enjoy everlasting life with Him for all eternity. This is the message of Christmas. Now, the Logos was with God and the Logos was God. And the amazing thing here is this. Jesus Christ, the living Word, has made Himself synonymous with the written Word. So if we want to know how to interpret the Bible and to live out its truth, we only have to look at Jesus Christ. How did Jesus understand the Scriptures? How did Jesus live out the commandments? Jesus says, if we want to abide in Him, we just need to abide in His words. John 15 verse 7. If we want to experience His love, and how many of you want to be touched by the love of Jesus, then we just need to keep remembering His words in, in our hearts and to obey them. If we continuously do that, we will experience the strong and tangible presence and power of God in our lives. That's what I did for two and a half years inside. I mean, every single day, no music, no church, no praise and worship, but I get into the Word. I remember the Word. I abide in the Word, memorizing the words, praying the Word, meditating in the Word. And I felt the strong presence and the power of God right inside where I was. The Father and the Son, Jesus says, will come to us and make their home and abode with us. So to receive Jesus is to receive the Word of God into our hearts. To believe in Jesus is to believe in God's Word. So during this COVID-19 period, if you need Jesus, to work a miracle in your life, your home, your health, your career, then your first port of call 
must be the Word of God. If you can just find a promise in the Bible for your situation, half the battle is already won. Because if God said it, then that settles it. All I need to do is to believe and to receive. Two years ago, one of our prayer intercessors, Ruth Kwan, went through a mastectomy and was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer. Stage 3. The operation greatly weakened her body. She lost a lot of blood. Her BP dropped very low. Her heart was very weak. As a result, she was unable to go through any chemotherapy or radiation treatment. But for the past two years, apart from natural means, there was very little Ruth could do. Her body was just too weak for the normal cancer procedures. But Ruth had a Bible passage which she held on to. She was constantly reminded of the story of how God extended King Hezekiah's life. So she prayed exactly the same prayer to God to do likewise for her too. She believed for her complete healing from cancer, visualizing that she will be healthy and living a long, happy life with her husband and her children. So she prayed and confessed healing verses, laid hands on her own body and kept declaring, Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. Keep thanking the Lord in advance by faith. In just praising by faith that her cancer would be completely healed. She held on to her trust in the Lord for strength and grace and kept believing that the Lord is her Jehovah Rapha. She believed in the finished work of the cross. Earlier this year, she was reminded of the verse, 2 Kings chapter 20 and verse 5, given by her cell group member who says, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. And she held on to this deep in her heart. God has surely healed her. God, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. You have surely healed me. Four months ago, Ruth went back to the hospital for a checkup and did a mammogram, a CD scan, and a bone scan. All these tests came back with no trace of cancer in her body. Hallelujah! Absolutely zero trace. The oncologist was so amazed. This is the power of the Word of God. All God wants is for us to believe and then to receive. No matter what your need is today, the first thing you must get is a word from God. If you need a healing, you go through the Bible. You pray for the Holy Spirit to find a healing promise from the word for your situation. If you need a provision, find a promise on God's blessing. If you need peace, you search through the scripture for a verse to find a promise on God's peace, on His shalom. You go to the written Logos, abide in His promises, and let the promises fill your heart, saturating your thoughts, your affections, your desires, your visions and dreams, your motives, your concerns, your moralities. Remember last week we learned that our heart is made of those seven things. One way or another, God always works through His Word. And through it, He will bring life into every situation you're going through. 
let me show you how the seed of God's Word played a very prominent role in the Christmas story. Nine months before Christmas, the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said to her, so we go to Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. How many of you want to find favour with God? You know, one of my favourite promises in the Bible is Psalms chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favour you will surround him as with a shield. So for the time when I was inside, the two and a half years, I often prayed almost every other day, Lord, you give me favour in this place, even among the violent and those from the gangs. Give me favour. And the favour of God came. And I was able to share the gospel with many of them. God's favour wants to come upon you today. Just receive it by faith. The angel continued to say, verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. So God was going to cause a miraculous virgin birth something that never happened in human history before. How was he going to work this miracle? By literally planting the seed of the Word. Remember, the Son of God is the Word. So the Holy Spirit is going to plant the Logos into Mary's womb. No wonder Jesus himself says that the seed is the Word of God. The way God showed favour to Mary was to sow the Word as a seed into her life. If you can let this seed take root and grow in your heart, that means let it be sown in your thoughts, in your affections, in your desires, your visions and dreams, your motives, your concerns, your morality, then amazing things will begin to happen. Luke chapter 1, verse 34, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? since I do not know a man. In other words, how is this going to happen? I'm still a virgin. This is naturally, humanly impossible. Mary was very stressed by what Gabriel was saying. But God didn't want Mary to be stressed. Verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. So you know one thing, the Holy Spirit is the power of the highest. That means there is nothing and no one more powerful than the Spirit of God. But God always works according to a pattern based on a principle. He always works according to a pattern based on the principle. So God is not arbitrary or random. Of course, He's totally sovereign. He can do anything He wants. But God in His sovereignty has chosen to work only through His Word. This is His pattern. This is His principle. So He will only hover where His Word is found. If Mary can receive the Word of God, the Logos, then the Holy Spirit will come upon her. He will overshadow her and work in and through that Word to perform a miracle. This is God's pattern based on His principle of faith and miracles. 
we see it during creation when the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Genesis 1 and verse 2. He was there, just standing by. But the moment God spoke the word, let there be light, immediately the Holy Spirit went into action and brought forth creation. This is His divine pattern, the way He has chosen to work, His modus operandi. Practically 99 out of 100 times, He works this way to get a miracle. You first find a Bible promise and start meditating on it. You meditate, you meditate. You just need to believe it, receive it, trust what it promises. No effort, right? No salvation by works. When you believe in something, there's no work. When you receive something, there's no work. You believe, you receive. Then the Holy Spirit comes upon you and He overshadows you. He will begin working quietly and deeply in your life. The only thing you can't be sure of is when the miracle will come to pass. It may be today, it may be next week, next month, next year, next decade. <laughs> or He may only make all things new when you get to heaven. For that, you have to trust Him, that His timing is always perfect, that He will always make everything beautiful in His time. But the pattern and the principle is this. For a miracle to happen, you first lay hold of a Bible promise, let it fill your thoughts, your desires, visions, especially your worries and concerns. Okay, back to the story. Mary was feeling stressed. So Gabriel encouraged her. Therefore also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. In other words, Mary, don't worry. Don't be stressed. This is not your own effort. This is not your work. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. So the result will be something very holy and very great. The angel continued to say, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age and is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Look, Mary, you're not the only one who needs a miracle. God is also working in the life of your auntie. Elizabeth was the sister of Mary's mother. She was not only barren, some records say that she was at least 60 over years old, which is well past childbearing years. So you have a barren senior citizen and a very young teenage virgin, both in need of miracles. The angel said, for with God, nothing will be impossible. In the original Greek, it also means for no word from God will ever fail. The NIV got this correct, and I, I like this very much. For no word from God will ever fail. The seed is the word of God, and God has a seed for every need you have. And no seed of God's word to you will ever fail. Hallelujah. Verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So what did Mary do? By faith, she simply believed and received the tiny seed of a promise that was given to her. Mary, you were supernaturally conceived and bring forth the Savior of the world. Now what happened nine months before that first Christmas is a lesson for all of us. 
the moment we can rest our faith in the Word of God, all our stress and our struggles are over. Mary was no longer stressed. Mary was filled with joy because almost immediately after the encounter, she rushed to Auntie Elizabeth's home and in her house, she started praising God and speaking forth her miracle. She was already meditating on God's Word. Look at verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. <laughs> Wait a minute. Mary just got a word. It couldn't have been more than a day or more than a few hours ago. But by faith, she was already declaring that all generations of all ages, for all time, will call her blessed. You see, the moment she told the angel, let it be to me according to your word, boom, conception happened. The moment she received the seed of the word into her heart, the seed of baby Jesus, boom, was conceived in her womb. Even when she was not feeling anything, not showing anything, she believed by faith, simply by faith, she received that promise into her soul into a spirit. She had no physical evidence that the baby was already there. She didn't even have a chance to miss her first monthly period yet. But this is exactly what faith is. Faith gives us the evidence that what is promised is already done. Even when we see nothing, feel nothing, hear nothing. Here, Mary was already thinking visualizing, believing, and boldly speaking to the people she trusted. Henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. Almost immediately after she encountered the angel Gabriel. How do we know this for a fact? Well, when the angel first appeared to her, Elizabeth was already six months pregnant, right? We saw that in verse 36. That's what the angel told her. Your auntie is six months pregnant. Mary then stayed in her auntie's house for the next three months to help her. Look at verse 56. Verse 56. And Mary remained with her, that is with Elizabeth, about three months and returned to her house. Only after three months did Mary return home. So let's do the math. Six months plus three months, what do you get? Nine months which is the full term of the pregnancy. Verse 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, full term, and she brought forth a son. She brought forth John the Baptist. But this absolutely confirms when Mary went to see Elizabeth, it was immediately after the encounter with the angel. At that time, she wasn't showing anything. No cute little baby bum. She wasn't even feeling nauseous or having morning sickness, not feeling anything at all. She probably ran all the way to Elizabeth's home right after the encounter. And please understand the magnitude of her faith. The angel didn't just tell Mary she was going to have a nice little baby. He told her she was going to have the son of the living God. Would you agree that to believe in a virgin birth 
already requires huge faith. But she was also supposed to believe that who she was bringing forth is God Himself in human flesh. Wow, wow. Yet she was unfazed by the vision. Immediately, she started meditating, visualizing, praising, worshiping, declaring by faith, even when there was absolutely nothing. Our boundaries and limitations are never outside. They are always inside, in our hearts, in our minds, in our soul. This is why again and again, Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. The word issues literally means the geographical boundaries of our lives. How far we go in life, how great our influence will be. So we must carefully guard the visions and dreams that the Holy Spirit has put into our hearts. When God gives us something, it is always far beyond what we could ask or think or imagine. But when it comes from the Holy Spirit and not from the energy of your own flesh, it will always be something special, something amazing, something so great that it will bless you personally and through you bring the salvation of God to people all around you. Now, if Mary can receive a word and it became a baby, why can't we also receive a word and it becomes a healthy body? Why can't we receive a word and it becomes a job or a van for our business or a house for our family? This is the pattern and the principle of the kingdom. A kingdom that always triumphs independently of our external situations, even if it's the COVID-19 pandemic. This is how the kingdom of God works. 31 years ago, all I wanted was to give Bible studies to a group of youngsters and to teach them how to be soul winners. But God birthed forth a wonderful church with affiliates and Bible schools all around the world. At the turn of the millennium, I was praying for a simple outreach into Taiwan and God birthed forth a wonderful evangelistic mission that impacted the entire Chinese-speaking world. One time, I was praying for a church building and God birthed forth and blessed us with a Jurong West premises and the Suntech Convention Center. Only Jesus can do something so wonderful and so miraculous. I know that this COVID-19 pandemic is very difficult for all. And in this time, in this season, God wants to birth forth something inside us that is so beautiful. When it comes out, it will reflect Jesus Christ, the Son of God to the whole world. The only thing Mary received was a promise, a word from the angel. But that tiny seed of a word brought salvation to all mankind. This, in a nutshell, is the Christmas story. This is the power of Christmas. God sending forth His Word to show how much He loves us and how much He wants to save us. And don't let this Word merely be a nice story to entertain you. In this Christmas story, it's the secret of how you too can experience miracles and breakthroughs in the darkest moments of your life.
you must get a word from God, from Jesus, from the Bible, for whatever situation you're going through. Then you sow that promise deep into your heart like a seed. You water it, you cultivate it. How? By thinking of it all day long, memorizing it, praying over it, worshiping with it, declaring and speaking forth to yourself, to your situation, to the people you trust. You keep declaring it like Mary did. It may take nine weeks, nine months, nine years, or even a lifetime. But eventually, a wonderful miracle will happen to you and to those around you. As we enter into the Christmas season, I want to encourage you to get a Bible promise and start believing God to bring light into the darkness. Can you do that? Before we pray, why don't we just take a moment to worship the Lord? Can't go back to the beginning Can't control what tomorrow will bring But I know here in the middle It's the place where you promised to be oh, I'm not enough Unless you come Will you meet me here again? Cause all I want Is all you As I walk now through the valley Let your love rise above every fear Like the sun shaping the shadow In my weakness your glory appears I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Cause all I want is all you The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. 
The Lord is hovering over you right now. The Holy Spirit is overshadowing wherever you are. At home, out in the open, as you're watching this service, the Lord is in this place. The Lord is hovering over you. Whatever miracle you need today, I want you to cling on to the promises of God's Word for your life. God is a good God. It is His nature to save you, to heal you, to deliver you, to provide for you, and to bless you. Maybe like Ruth Kwan, you need to have a healing miracle today. There's a wonderful promise from Exodus 23 and verse 25. It says, Worship the Lord your God, and His blessing will be on your food and water. And God promises, I will take away sickness from among you. Can you cling on to this promise right now? God is going to take away sickness from your midst. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, if you have a sickness in your body, maybe cancer or tumour in your body, sugar, diabetes problem, maybe you have a stroke before, maybe you're struggling with a disability, put your hands on that part that's sick. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we stand on the promises of God that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, that we are healed. That on the cross of Calvary, Jesus, You took away every spirit of infirmity, every infirmity. You bore every pain so that we can be healed. You say, we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So right now, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, we are calling out your name. We are praying in the mighty name of Jesus for healing to happen. Be healed in the name of Jesus from every cancer. Be healed of every heart disease. Be healed of every organ failure. Be healed of asthma, eczema, skin disease. Be healed in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be healed in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The promise says that as we worship Him, healing power is going to come. So why don't we just sing it one more time. For a minute was I forsaken The Lord is in this place The Lord is in this place Come Holy Spirit Dry bones awaken The Lord is in this place God is going to bless our food and water. Do you need a provision, miracle? This season in COVID-19, as we are going through a lot of challenging moments, are you struggling with financial difficulties? God is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. Why don't we just pray right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we just want to thank You. You have given us opportunities week after week to sow our seeds. And Lord, we just know and stand and believe and receive in the truth of the principles of sowing and reaping that as we have sown, we shall reap a bountiful harvest. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you provide for all our needs, that my God shall supply all our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So Lord, you supply all our needs in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for businesses to prosper. I pray, oh God, for those that are struggling with uh, a lack of revenue, lack of customers. I pray, oh God, that you just cause customers and clients to just come in. Lord, I just pray that, that you give us wisdom and give us the strength to do all the right things. And Lord, you open doors that no devil can shut. 
that in the name of Jesus Christ, that Lord, our provision will come because of Jesus, because of Jesus. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Some of you who are watching this service right now, maybe you're feeling very discouraged and feeling very down. Nothing in this world right now seems to make any sense to you. There's no logic in life. Will you let Jesus be the logic, the reason and the meaning of your life? Will you let Him light up your darkness? Will you open up your heart and receive Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord? If you want to, please say this prayer together with me right now. Just close your eyes and say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus, I humble myself before you right now. I humble myself before you right now. I want to ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I want to ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I don't understand everything around me. I don't understand everything around me. Sometimes life seems to be so hard. Sometimes life seems to be so hard. But I open wide my heart today. But I open wide my heart today. Come to be my savior. Come to be my savior. Come and save me. Come and save me. Come and be the light of my world. Come and be the light of my world. Give me understanding. Give me understanding. Of what is the meaning of life? Of what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of my life? What's the purpose of my life? Let me experience this eternal life in you. Let me experience this eternal life in you. This abundant life in you. This abundant life with you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Well, praise the Lord. I hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. Jesus is the reason for the season. From next week, our Christmas season officially starts. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Amen and Amen. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 